talking about the ministry that we have in life to the homeless and why it's important to talk, share, but more than just telling somebody, God bless you, to tell them rather to bless God. You know how often everyone is always taking God's blessing and giving it away like water, flippantly, any and everyone at all times or anything, as if it's a magic potion, a magic wand, just passing it out flippantly with no regard of the relevancy or the importance of a God bless you. Just give it, just like saying hello. Like it really has lost its value in receiving a blessing or its intention and its purpose in getting so I always remind people that a coin has two sides, heads and tails. And heads seem to be all that all of you want until you flip it and understand there's a tail side to every head. And the tail side to God bless you is bless God. What about you bless God for a change? And what brings me to this message today was a conversation I had with Cody, my um, boy about his encounter last week. And I want you to hear it from his own words. So Cody, why don't you tell everybody about your encounter last week with uh, with the homeless? Tell me about that. Or tell us about that. So a few weeks ago, I pulled up to an AMPM to grab a coffee in the store. And as I got out of my car, I saw a homeless man sitting on the ground. And he looked pretty beat. He may have been coming off some drugs or Maybe he hasn't had a meal in a few days. They look pretty deep. So as I got out, I spoke to him. And I asked him what his name was. And he told me, David. And it just so happens to be that I've been reading the Bible in the book of Samuel. And telling David's story in there. So I told him, did you know your name's in the Bible? And he said, yeah, and I told him, have you heard the story about David and Goliath? And he's heard of it, but he doesn't remember it. So I told him the story of it. And I told him, wow, what a, what a powerful name that you have. God has, has favor on David in the Bible. And he was one of his greatest warriors in there. He was a man after God's own heart. He's one of pleased the Lord. And I told him, so you have a really good name. And just know that God has favor on you, regardless of what your circumstances are out here on the streets. Like, there's more. He wants better for you. So, as I was sharing with David about the meaning of his name and um, what his name means in the Bible as well, who that is, I went inside to grab him something to eat. I gave him hamburger. I gave him a water. And I told him, God bless you. And I shared with, with you, my Papa Steve, I shared with him about that incident, how I how I did with what I see him do all the time when I walk with him, which is he'll ask the person's name, and he'll usually tell that person what their name means and what a powerful name it is. And I, I saw myself doing the same thing with David, and I told him that you know, I fed him, and I told him God bless him. So... He told me, well, that's good, but there's more. There's people that tell this man, God bless him all day and buy him food all day. You're, you're not standing out. You're just doing the same thing everybody else does. 
Like, go, go further, do more. Give him an opportunity to be blessed. And so he told Steve told me about how one time he had asked a homeless person for a dollar. He treated him the same. He didn't. He gave him his dignity. He didn't treat him like any lesser of an individual. He simply said, "Hey, you have a buck. Can I borrow a dollar?" And when I, when the next time I saw David, which was a few days ago, this is two weeks after the first time that I had that encounter with him, I was talking to him again as I was getting ready to pump some gas, and I was just telling David, first, have you been reading your Bible?" And he told me that yeah, he's been reading it, but he has somebody write it down for him. He understands it better that way. That's good. I'm glad that you have somebody to do that for you. And I was sharing with David just a little brief um, story of my testimony about how I was on the street and involved with gangs and I was selling drugs and all this stuff. And that it took the way I got myself out of that is just one day just overwhelmed by all my circumstances and realizing that I wasn't going anywhere in life with what I was doing. And I just sat on a curb and looked up and just kind of cried out to God and said, I'm tired of this lifestyle. I want more. I know there's something better out there. Like, take me out of this environment. And two weeks after that, I ended up in juvenile hall. And in my room, there was nothing but a bed and a Bible. And I started to think about that conversation that I had two weeks prior to that on the curb, crying out to God. And I thought to myself, this is God answering my prayer. This is him taking me out from the streets and put me in a room with no distractions and a Bible so I could read his word, which I did. And that began to transform me, renew my mind and make me think differently and just really embrace everything I had been through so I cannot make, so I do not make the same mistakes that I did when I was on the street. So I shared this with David and I told him how all of that just started to lead to me to just to grow um, in ways I never thought I could. And I told him, so there's hope. Like, regardless if you're out here on the street, whatever your circumstances are, if you just give it to God and you have faith and you trust him, that he could He could do the unimaginable. He could make things happen. He could start to move in ways where will start to draw you closer to him and further away from these streets. And as I was having this conversation with David, a guy came up and gave David a dollar and when I saw that dollar, then right away, I remember the lesson that my Papa Steve was giving me about give him an opportunity to, to be blessed. Ask him for a dollar. And so I thought about that, and I was like, no, nah, I can't do that, because he just received the dollar. That's messed up. I can't ask for a dollar he just received. And then I felt God start to put on my heart, ask him for that dollar. So he, I was like, oh, man, I got to ask. So then... After we finished up our conversation, I said, hey, David, do you have a dollar that you could spare? I'm short a dollar. I could really use a dollar right now. And he gave me that dollar with no hesitation. And I just told him, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I went in the store. And when I went in the store to go and take some money out, I came back. And I told David, hey, man, what you did, that was really awesome, man. That's, you have a good heart. I told him, did you know that there's a story like that in the Bible? Uh, and I, so I kind of broke it up in a in a parable for him so he could understand. And I told him about, well, there's this guy that has billions of dollars and he gave a million to God. 
and this guy that has a dollar, and that's all he has. And he gave that to God. Who do you think gave more? And he said, the guy that gave a dollar. So he understood what the right answer was, but I don't think he understood, like, why that was the right answer. So I, I kind of went further and I explained more to him. So, yeah, that's correct. The guy that gave everything he had is the one that gave more to God. So the guy that had billions, he didn't give him everything. He just gave God a portion of what he had. He didn't trust God to give him everything. But the guy that had a dollar, all he had, gave all that he had to God because he trusted him. He just knows God. Um, he'll, God will give him many more dollars, just like the dollar that he gave him. And so that's what you did. And so God doesn't want your dollar. He doesn't want your millions of dollars or billions of dollars. He just wants to see are you willing, willing to give him everything you have. He just wants to see your heart. And so what you did, man, you gave all that you had to me. You didn't have to do that. So I could your only dollar that you had. You just received that dollar and gave it away without hesitation. And I told them, what God does when people do stuff like that, he multiplies it. He gives them more. And so I told him, that dollar you gave me, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep that because you gave that to me. And then I pulled out a 20. I said, but this is for you because you have such a good heart. Man. Like, that's what God That's what God does. That's how God works. I told him, uh, once again, I really appreciate it. And they read in the Bible and no, trust God. Like He will always multiply everything that you give him. And it was just a really awesome experience to see what I learned from my Papa Steve, how that lesson he taught me, I was able to actually apply it and take action. Even though at one point I was getting ready to just stall and not do it because he just received it and I didn't want it to take what he received. But God just kind of sent the increase. It gave me more courage to just do it. And did it and it was awesome just like uh abraham right yes god son. asked for his son and i can say god i don't want to take what he's just received in fact the only son he ever will receive and then i'm asking him to give that son abraham did and god goes not required just want to see what you worship what you value yeah. and what it proves is that abraham values more the word of god than what god had given him it was more the god that gave not the gift from God, but the giver of the gift. And it's the same thing when Elijah the prophet was hungry. And the woman, in doing a time of famine, gave her last piece of bread, used her, her flour and her oil to make her last piece of bread while her son was starving, while she was starving, while there was a famine in the land. She used her last piece of bread and oil to make a piece of bread for the man of God. The Elijah, the prophet, said, feed me first. Who does that? Who puts God first? Who puts God's messenger first? Feeds him first. While she's herself, what is she going to have after she feeds the prophet? Nothing. But as you know, the story goes, and you can read it for yourself. She feeds the prophet first by faith. Fed the man of God first. Not her son, not herself. And that prophet had received from this woman the only thing she had to give which was nothing to spare. The only thing she had to give was nothing to spare and nothing extra. It was all she had to give, and she gave all she had. And what happened? After the prophet ate, that woman's flour, out of all everybody else in the nation, during the time of famine, her flour never ran dry, her oil never ran dry. In her house was abundance and bounty and blessing. 
but she had given everything. And God did not let anyone who has ever given everything outgive him. There's an old song. You can't beat God giving no matter how you try. The more you give, the more he gives to you. So just keep on giving because it's really true that you can be God giving no matter how you try. And no matter how much you give, you will always be in debt to him. For there is no amount that you, Cody, I can give to God that will ever pay back all that he has given. You can live infinite lifetimes and never out give or pay back the debt that God gives, even if he does nothing more for you or me after today, after this podcast, tomorrow, he's done enough, not only enough, beyond enough, exponentially immeasurably, so you can't measure it, it's too much, so we're actually in a debt that we can't pay back, the only thing we can do to acknowledge that we have a debt we can't pay is to give him everything that we have, and to be pleasing to him in everything that he has. And I know it's difficult for all of us. We have different struggles and trials and temptations and weaknesses that we battle with. And our Heavenly Father knows that too. Be aware of that and recognize. Don't put yourself ever arrogant before God that you think he has to answer to you, to your reasoning, why he does something. For the debt we owe, there is no question that we can ask him that is justified other than say, Father, it's in your hand. Lord, your will be done. And Lord, thank you. What? For the cross on my back or the crown on my head, for the victories or for the defeat, when I have little or when I have much. The proverb says, teaches us in the Proverbs, never, Father, let me be so wealthy, so rich, that I think I don't need you and forget about you. But let me not be so poor, so in lack, that I curse you. David said, I've never seen a righteous forsaken or the seed of the righteous begging for bread. That God will provide, that he is the God to provide. Give us, Lord, this day our daily sustenance, our daily bread. As God did for Israel when they went out of Egypt for 40 years, gave them daily bread, fed them bread from heaven, the manna of God, even meat and water from a rock. God provides. What we taught was, the flip side of that coin, bless God. I get God bless you, but you know what? I think if we just focus on blessing God, we will have the blessing of God. There's no need really to say God bless you, is it? Bless God and you will be blessed. Well, if you bless God, then you will be blessed. God never overlooks those of us who give to him and acknowledge him and honor him. You bless God, you will be blessed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Lord that is within me. The Lord does not forget us. But I hate to say this, Cody. We do forget him. We forget him. And if we don't forget him, we toss him crumbs. Most of you feed your pets better than you feed God, your heart. You spend more time walking your dog than walking with the Lord in prayer, singing and meditating in your heart, dwelling and meditating on his word. You spend more time playing golf on the golf course, surfing on the surfboard, bouncing on basketball on the basketball court, hitting a tennis ball, racquetball, any kind of ball, any kind of stretch, any kind of exercise, any kind of rock. 
your climb, your hike, your camp, your box, your fight. But you won't spend time with God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those activities. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get defensive. I'm making a point that you all know honestly what I'm talking about. You just get too tired of God. I get it. I don't find it abnormal. You're quite human to have that feeling because we are at war. The flesh with the spirit. It is normal to feel that battle, to feel that war against the flesh and the spirit, wanting to hold on rather than to let go, wanting to build your biceps rather than build your spiritual precepts and concepts. I get it. But that's the cross he's given us to carry, not the one he's given us to wear. You don't wear a cross, you carry one. And you don't carry a crown, you wear it. And it's God who gives us a crown in that day. So he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Follow me as I follow Christ. Come up hither, you have done well. You have fought the fight, you have kept the faith. Now come and see the crown of the Lord. But can you suffer? Blessed are ye who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Happy. The word blessed means happy. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless God. You learn a lot of lessons. The one that we learn with each other is patience. God is not done with us yet. Many of us along this road, we're at different spots. We're at different paths. We're in different grade levels. You might be in kindergarten. You might be in graduate school. You might be going for a Ph.D. You might have to stay back and take a grade over. We all are at different levels. Let's not attack each other. Let's not accuse each other. Let's not inhibit or prevent each other. I know that I might be further along than some of you and not far as far along as most of you. But God is not done with me yet. But when God gets done with me, I'll come forth in pure gold. I'll be what he wants me to be. I'm not all you want me to be. Not all you think I should be. But I'm not what I used to be. Same with you. Some things we have to do over. But we get a do over. When we repent, God gives us a chance to do it over. Get it right. Do it better. Just confess it. Fall on your knees. Profess his name. I believe that all of us have the opportunity to achieve that. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Because God forgives you when you repent. Forgive yourself. You can forgive others. A lot of times why we can't forgive other people because we don't forgive ourselves. You know why we can't love other people because we don't love ourselves. You know why we can't give to other people because we don't even give to ourselves. The right giving, not the selfish giving, the selfless giving. Selfless, not selfish. Give, and it shall be given. That's the lesson. I'll take Cody's lesson that he shared today. Can you imagine going up to a homeless man who's so used to everybody giving to him, giving him the opportunity to give to you? That man probably feels he has nothing to give to you, yet you can give him the opportunity to show him, well, yes, you do. You have something you can give to me. Give him the dignity to be a part of the blessing. He can give something back as well. It doesn't matter. God does not look at the amount. We all have something to give. We all have something to give. Poor or rich, we're something to give. Is it a song? Is it a prayer? Is it a kind word? Is it an encouragement? Is it a help in some kind of way? Is it a coin? Is it a dollar? What is it? 
just give it. Expecting nothing back because it's God who will pay it back. It is God who rewards us. It may not come back as a coin. It may come back another way. It may come back multiplied in a different metamorphosis, a different transition. But the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I want you to meditate on that story Cody shared, and I want you to remember it. Okay, because it is a message of truth and hope. You all have something to give. Give. Give it all to Jesus. Your broken dreams, your wounded hearts, give it all. He will turn your sadness into 